This is Toronto, and when it comes to radio, we're very lucky. We're lucky because there's a variety of commercial, public, and multicultural stations available. There's literally something for everyone. There's one station I want to focus on right now. It's CKLN 88.1 FM. CKLN is a campus community station with its studios located at Ryerson University. It's been part of the Toronto Airways for almost 30 years. However, the last few years have been rough on the station and its volunteer staff. There was an internal struggle amongst board members, staff were locked out of the studios at one point, and there were issues surrounding the filing of paperwork and recording logs to the CRTC. Earlier this year, the CRTC revoked CKLN's broadcasting license, citing all the problems that had occurred, and ordered the station to be off the air by February 12th. But on February 11th, one day before the plug was to be pulled, the Federal Court of Canada granted CKLN a stay, which allows the station to remain on the air. So what happens now? Well, I recently spoke to Lauren Spears and Joita Gupta. Lauren is a longtime programmer. You might know her as DJ Chocolate. She's also the legal appointee to the CKLN board. Joita is a member of the board and also hosts Frequency Feminism, which is heard every Sunday morning at 10.30 on CKLN. Here's our conversation. Joita, Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks well, for having us. Well, it's certainly been an interesting uh, two weeks for CKLN. Describe the mood right now amongst CKLN volunteers and staff. I can really only speak for myself, but I am both uh, jubilant and apprehensive. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Joita? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we have won a small victory at the station, and I think we're all very, very glad for it. Um, I think people are also very conscientious that there's a lot more that needs to be done. Um, and there's really a sense, I think, among volunteers to step up to the plate and do what's right for the station right now. So it's really heartening to see that uh, kind of positive energy and from, from volunteers. Um, but yes, I also concur with Lauren insofar as I'm also apprehensive about what needs to get done um, in, in the future, in the not-citizen future, rather. A judge granted a, a stay of the CRT, CRTC decision to revoke the license. Why do you feel the justice ruled in CKLN's favor? Well, legally, the test for a stay is um, it's pretty straightforward. It's, it's a three-part test that looks to see, one, if there's a serious issue, two, to see if there would be irreparable harm to either party if the stay were not granted, um, and three, to find out if in the, what's called the balance of convenience, if any public interests would be adversely affected by the granting or the not granting of the stay. So that's why we got it, because in, in light of the materials that we submitted to the court, um, we, we proved each step of the three-part test, which is called the RJR McDonald's test. And it's used when any stay of a federal court decision, is, uh, of a, a matter of federal jurisdiction, is, is being requested. Now, Lauren, I'll ask you this since you are running uh, CKLN's legal defense team. Uh, what happens now in terms of, of appealing the CRTC's decision? Um, under the Broadcast Act of Canada, um, it's a two-part process uh, that, we're, um, uh, that we've just started. Um, firstly, we have to ask for leave to appeal, permission to appeal, 
so that's that's where we're at right now. We're submitting uh, the tail end of our materials. The CITC will have their chance to respond with materials, and then we will be able to respond to what they give. The judge will then look at all of those materials and decide whether or not we get permission to appeal. If we're granted permission, then there will be uh, an, a hearing uh, in the Federal Court of Appeal at a later date. So that's the two-part test. First, you have to ask permission, and then you do it. <laughs> and when will you be going to court to ask for that permission? Um, it's not court. Uh, both the request for the stay and the request for leave are, uh, um, are decided in the judge's chambers with no public, uh, no, no public presence, so it's not really court. Um, it, it's technically um, still, I guess you could call it, a, a, a it's a judicial decision, but it isn't court. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> all we can tell you about that, because they haven't given us any firm dates other than the submission of documents for, the ju for judicial review, is that it'll probably happen sometime in April. And then once the judge makes their decision, we have to seek the appeal within 60 days. Mm-hmm. And what about the station itself? You know, the last few years, there's been a lot of issues surrounding the station. There was a, an internal battle between two uh, board of directors. Uh, the staff were locked out of, of the uh, Ryerson Campus Center. Paperwork and logs weren't properly sent to the CRTC, or uh, allegedly weren't properly sent to the CRTC, I should say. Um, there wasn't a, a proper station, station manager or public director, uh, or excuse me, program director. And um, the Ryerson Students Union have, have stated that they would like more students to be involved with the station. So how does the station plan on fixing these issues? So I can probably speak to that being a member of the board. I think there's a lot of, of, of goodwill on the part of the station to fix all of these issues. We recognize um, that there were concerns that were uh, identified in the hearing that we need to address. Um, but I think even as we, before I proceed with how we're going to go about doing this, um, I think a disclaimer of sorts is in order because I think it's really important to bear in mind that some of the issues that were cited by the CRTC in the course of its hearing related to CEKLN's non-compliance has to do in part with the infighting and the, and the uh, battle between the two boards, as you've indicated. But I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that we are not a commercial entity and we're a smaller station that operates... Um, on a, on a different scale uh, than some of these bigger entities, um, and that you know very often we're relying on the efforts of of a purely volunteer staff. So so a lot of these are sort of endemic, not only to I was endemic to community radio and endemic to the sector as a whole. Having said that, we do recognize that there is work to be done and that there have to be improvements. Uh, improvements have to be made. So we've recently made changes to our bylaws. Um, to reflect um, a more progressive, uh, a, a more, I guess, a robust model that's in keeping with uh, with Industry Canada, sort of the standards. Uh, we've also they're called the model bylaws for the, yeah. the nonprofit organizations. Yeah. So, so we actually, yeah. So we have a really, I would say, a robust set of bylaws that have been. Uh, subjected to considerable scrutiny to make sure that they will hold up uh, in the in the years to come. Uh, we're also in the process of hiring a station manager who will also double up as a program director till such time that we're able to hire one. So we are very conscientious of, uh, of getting staff in the station. Uh, we also managed to update our, our playlists. Um, they're, uh, they are fully compliant at the moment. Uh, we're looking to get them online fairly soon. Yeah. Lauren, do you want to add I do. I want to add that the uh, playlists were made compliant prior to the hearing, 
and the loggers were also um, made to be uh, not only compliant but superior to other stations' loggers um, prior to the hearing. Um, and further to that, um, a lot of the issues of, of non-compliance stemmed from that time while we were locked out. So there's there there, there is some mitigation. Uh, well, I wouldn't say mitigation. There there, there there's some um, well evidence to back us up that uh, some of the items of non-compliance were strictly in the past. Yeah, and the CRTC also at the hearing stated their intention to not look to the past, to look to the future. And so the items that were in the past theoretically should not be relevant going forward. Mm-hmm. And in the matter of students, I think that's a concern that we take very seriously. We already have 25 student volunteers, and many of them are very happy uh, and satisfied with their experience at the station. And with that in mind, we're also talking about ways in which we can include students uh, on different shows. We want to encourage programmers to open up their shows to uh, student volunteers. Uh, we want to cover campus events more. Um, and we're talking about a di- number of different strategies um, that we would be able to increase student participation at the station because I think it's a win-win situation. We really do want rising students involved at the station, their energy, their enthusiasm, the fact that they're in, in, in tune with the pulse of the campus, I think really would uh, revitalize and re-energize the station in moving forward. And I think, like Lauren said, not only for the CRTC but also for us, we're, we're keen to leave the past behind. Uh, we want to put that, that entire chapter behind us and we want to look to the future to build a station that uh, will live up to its its uh, sort of reputation of, of being the oldest and the boldest and the best there is to offer in terms of campus community radio stations. CKLN has a proud, uh, well I'm a feminist programmer so I'll say a proud history of, of doing amazing programming um, and speaking truth to power and, and really providing a platform and a voice for the voiceless. And I think that, that is what community radio is all about and that, that is what CKLN is all about. So in the month, in the weeks that, that will follow, you'll see we're doing a lot of amazing African Liberation Month programming. Uh, we're doing a lot of International Women's Day programming. Uh, we hope to broadcast the, the IWD March in Toronto, which is a, a proud CKLN tradition that we look forward to uh, maintaining this year and in years to come as well. So. Again, I guess there's uh, there is some apprehension, but I think people are also really keen to step up and 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 do what is needed and do right by the station in in the weeks and months and hopefully years to come. And just as an example of the kind of student outreach that CKLN is capable of, um, about uh, a year ago we gave a show to the uh, the Eye Opener, who's another um, Ryerson interest group that sh- uh, that shares space at the uh, the, the student campus center, and so that kind of show really encourages sort of multimedia, interdisciplinary participation at a level that really substantiates the education that the students are getting. So it's it's intended to be, as Julie said, sort of multi-beneficial, not just beneficial to one interest group, and it's certainly not just having to do with CRTC. Well, volunteers are certainly getting involved, and Ryerson students are certainly getting involved. But what about uh, the general public, the listenership of CKLN? If, is there a way they can get involved in, in appealing the CRTC decision? Um, definitely, definitely. Uh, we have an online petition that people can link to off of our website, or, go, or, or they can go to 
separately um, at petitiononline.com slash cklm881, but it's much easier to just link to off of uh, cklm.fm. Um, we're also encouraging our listeners to write their MPs, their MPPs, and the CRTC directly so that uh, the public interest side can be represented as well as just the licensees and the CRTC. And uh, further further to that, we're, we're, we will be holding some rallies and, and, and public awareness sessions in, in the times to come. So um, we're, we're hoping that the public will very much get engaged um, with CKLN. And that's one of the most encouraging things about uh, this whole saga is that uh, when the CRTC's decision came down, all of a sudden people were interested in us mm-hmm. again. You know, we got a, a bit of we got quite a bit of negative publicity over the infighting and the inter-board war that you referenced earlier, and this is really our chance to show the public, you know, how strong we are. And collectively, as programmers, as Julie said, we have a very proud tradition of of, of of being the voice of not just the unrepresented, but the misrepresented. I mean, CKLN has always been able to speak to interest groups that are usually talked about in mainstream media. So, you know, we like to say that that, that we can take out the middleman, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like you're turning a negative into a positive, and for the Toronto community, that's certainly a good thing. Joita, Lauren, thanks so much for your time, and all the best. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Eric. Lauren Spears and Joita Gupta are with CKLN 88.1 FM. To learn more or to get involved, please visit www.ckln.fm. That's all for this episode of This is Toronto. Questions and comments can be sent by email. The address is thisistorontopodcast at yahoo.ca. You can also post a comment on the website, thisistorontopodcast.blogspot.com. And don't forget about This is Toronto's Facebook fan page. I'm Eric Rosenheck. Thanks for listening.